Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests who've appeared on JM in the AM. Very, very recently, we had an opportunity to speak about Yeshiva Makar Chaim and some of their amazing programs with special guests, both from uh, Israel and the United States. And that's what follows now on JM Rewind right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. JM in the AM, it's a Tuesday morning on this Rosh Chodesh morning, Rosh Chodesh Adar. We're celebrating Rosh Chodesh Adar, and we're celebrating with some great friends who are in our studio this morning. Uh, you recall that Jesse Baumel, the Director of Development for the Makar Chaim Institutions, was here just a few days ago. We had an amazing conversation about uh, what's going on at Makar Chaim and what is happening here in the United States uh, during these few days between now and uh, the 1st of March. And he has brought along with him today two very special guests that we're going to meet and speak with on this uh, Tuesday morning Rosh Chodesh. Let me remind everybody uh, that there is a uh, there's a tour schedule, if you will. Rabbi Dov Singer, Rosh Yeshivat Makor Chaim in Kfar Etzion, uh, just south of Jerusalem, and head of the Renewal Study Center, is a recognized trailblazer in Israeli education and Jewish spirituality. He has attracted thousands of Jews of all backgrounds to workshops and prayer events to explore and enhance spirituality while going beyond ritual, quote, choreography. He has taught generations of students, young and old, how to talk and listen to one another, and as a result, how to create a personal connection with the divine. His unifying leadership is widely felt during the search for his students who were kidnapped and murdered, you will recall, in the summer of 2014. The schedule is as follows before we introduce our guests. Uh, this past Shabbat, he was actually scholar in residence um, with uh, Yossi Baumol down at the Boca Raton Synagogue in Florida. I hope everyone had an opportunity to uh, enjoy that. Yesterday, in fact, he was again part of the YU Yarche Kala down at BRS in Florida. Last night at the Young Israel of New Rochelle, tonight is the main New York City event. Tonight, if you have an opportunity, at 7 p.m. this evening at Lincoln Square Synagogue, it'll be the main New York City event, and we'll find out what that means in terms of it being the main event of this tour in just a moment. Tomorrow night, he's at Congregation Renat Yisrael in Teaneck, New Jersey. That begins at 7.30 p.m. And then this uh, Thursday through Shabbat, Spirituality and Education Conference and Community Shabbaton that's happening at the Fuchs Mizrahi School in Cleveland. We have listeners out there in Cleveland, those of you who are uh, in town for this Shabbat. uh, You have something special coming to town. And Sunday, finally, uh, it all concludes this tour uh, on March the 1st. is coming Sunday at the Angizul of Woodmere, beginning at 9.15 in the morning, as he'll be visiting one of the largest uh, Jewish communities in the area. And with all this in mind, I say Boker Tov, and welcome back to these airwaves, the Director of Development of Makor Chaim, Institutions, Yossi Baumel. Shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. It's always a pleasure to be here, Nachum. I appreciate that. Nice to see you again. What does it mean that tonight is the main New York City event? Well, let me just give you a little background. Uh, about two years ago, Rav Dozinger published a, a best-selling book called Tikon Tefilati in Israel, which is called, it has recipes for davening, recipes for connecting with Hashem. Uh, and it was a hit, is a bestseller. It sold out a number of times, again and again. And then we decided we were going to translate it in English. And the book just came out uh, at the. I bought the first book at the uh, <laughs> at the YU Sfarim sale uh, three weeks ago. And uh, we planned that to bring Rav Dove here to try and get people to understand the revolution that we're trying to lead in spirituality in Israel. Maybe exported a bit of it to the United States. So every one of these events, in addition to being an appearance, and I assume a speech, is actually a book launch as well. That's true, but it was very interesting. Last night when we had uh, close to 100 people at the new, new, Young Israel of New Rochelle, and a lady came over to us and said, you know, the kind of show you guys put on, there's no words for it, no explanation. it's a mixture of a tish and a coaching uh, mess, mess co- coaching uh, oh, like self a life, life coaching? and 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 learning Torah and uh, singing and there was music, there was music involved. Oh right? yes, we had uh, David uh, right. David Ziff was was playing, and we had uh, our guest here, uh, Ephraim Engelmeyer. We'll talk about him in a moment. Also a musician. He's also a musician. Boy, he came oh, to, to play. 
Uh, you and, travel with the band, I see. And not only that, we have we have our four students who are exchange students at MTA. Right. And each of them, knows the, the requirement to go on the program to MTA is that they have to speak English and they have to know how to play music. So uh, we had a six-piece band, actually, over there last night. It was really unbelievable. Boy, that's pressure on their parents. they got to know English. <laughs> I know an instrument. Interesting. Um, and all this happened last night, Young Israel, New Rochelle. The name of the book is, in English... Prepare my prayer. Prepare my prayer. Yeah, did, did the people at YU say that it was gobbled up? Did they say it was doing well? It, it, the first shipment sold out within two nice. days, and they sold it out again at the by the end of the. Uh, I don't know how many times right. it was sold out at the end of the farm sale last night with uh, let's say eighty ninety people. We had uh, we sold out forty sold forty books uh, on the spot. It's sometimes hard to translate a book from Hebrew to English and get all the nuances and you know and and have it be as attractive. Uh, to an English-speaking crowd. Am I right about that? You're right. And we were looking high and low for a translator who, on one hand, does, it, does her, his or her job well and also knows what Rovdov is trying to do. Right. And Leah Hartman, who's the the Rebetzin of Rabbi Raz Hartman in Nachlaot, uh, she's the one who translated and she did a fantastic job. And it's she a really Koran release officially, right? It's a, it's a Magid book. Magid under yeah, Koran, under right? Koran, right. So if you go to the Koran website, for instance, you're going to find it there. Right. You can get it. You can buy it at Amazon. You can buy right. it at uh, Prepare My Prayer on Amazon or on uh, at Koran. And you do say it's going to change the way people daven, the way they approach God. Somebody else came over to last night and said the book changed their life. Uh, maybe I'll let Ephraim tell the story. He told his wife the story so nicely on the phone on the way here. Now, I, so. I, we'll really get to Ephraim in a minute. What does it mean that tonight's the main event? Well, in the other places, basically what we do is we have a little music and we have a little Torah learning and a little a little exercises right. and trying to connect up to yourself and, and, and to, to something beyond uh, our day-to-day life. Uh, and that and that we did last night, and that's what we're going to do every place we're going to be, except tonight, but in addition to that, we're going to have uh, our other guest here, uh, Mark Gottlieb, uh, who we'll talk about him also in a moment, who will be opening up the program, and then there'll be a question and answer uh, session uh, with Rabbi Josh Rosenfeld, the assistant rabbi of uh, Lincoln Square, who's a big fan. Uh, and then Rav Dov will do his thing with the music and with the with the Torah, and and, and then uh, we'll finish up, and it'll be and and the idea is to have people who are in Manhattan. There's going to be food. Uh, oh, tonight. nice! And I have to point out, it's, it's, <laughs> we're not charging anything. The first hundred people who come will get fed for sure. The first hundred people. <laughs> You're taking care of that, huh? <laughs> uh, so, so uh, at least, so. Uh, Come early, and uh, it'll be a very special event. And we're not charging anything. We're right. doing this because we want people to get to learn about the new... And they will be able to buy the book, obviously. Obviously, right. yeah. And um, tries to sign it also for you. So, so if someone's near New York City tonight, and they really, you know, they have nothing on their schedule, you're telling these listeners right now who are in that situation that tonight could have a major impact on their life, and they should try to set aside the time and come this evening. To Absolutely. Get to the God. Absolutely. All right, that happens this evening. Everybody can go to makarachayim.org, makarachayim.org, or dial 917-929-8525, 917-929-8525. And obviously during the week, we'll remind everybody about the other events tomorrow night in Teaneck, Thursday through Shabbat in Cleveland, and Sunday, the big event in uh, the five towns of the young Israel of Woodmere. You've brought along two special guests this morning, one of whom is uh, quite familiar to this audience. Rabbi Mark Gottlieb is here. He's president of Makor Chaim USA. He is uh, a senior director of the Tikva Fund. At one time, he was the head of school and did quite a nice job, to say the least, at uh, the Marsha Stern Talmudical Academy, Yeshiva University High School for Boys. Rabbi Gottlieb, it is an absolute pleasure to see you and to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thanks so much, Nachum. It's uh, good to see you again. And I'm wondering if your listeners know who Stretch is. <laughs> Very good. Some do and some don't. What well, years was it that you were, what years were they in uh, in MTA? What, what years are those? Uh, I arrived at MTA in 2005, and I was there until 2011. And you are responsible, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, Yossi, for this whole Makar Chaim MTA relationship, right? I'll correct Yossi. <laughs> <laughs> You'll make sure he knows you're responsible. How it predates Yessi. Now, in all seriousness, you know, and we're somewhat familiar with what the with the a tremendous amount of work that heads of school in yeshiva high schools in the New York area have. I would think the furthest thing from your mind as a head of school is developing an exchange program for high school students. How did this come about? Well, looking back, I think it it probably one of the best things that happened. Uh, during my tenure, so I, I've thought about it a lot before and since. 
these things are definitely hashgacha pratis. There's no question that the way I came to Makor Chaim, to Rav Dov, uh, was totally providential. Uh, I was the principal at the Maimonides School prior to returning to my alma mater, to MTA. Right. That was up in Boston. Up in Boston and Brookline from right. 2000 to 2005. And I can't be certain of, of, of the year. I think it was probably 2003, late 2003, maybe early 2004, when I met a shaliach from the Aleph Institute. Mm-hmm. The Aleph Institute, as you may know, is Rav Steinsaltz's educational arm right. here based in the United States. Um, but working, operating internationally. And his name was associated with... And Rav Steinsaltz was the founder uh, of... He's still the Nasi, the titular head, the president of Makor Chaim Institutions, all the Makor Chaim Institutions, the the lower school, so to speak, the high school, the the Masifta, as well as as the Beis Medrash. And he had seated in a number of communities across the world, uh, Shlichim, um, very much in the spirit of Chabad. Uh, Rav Steinsaltz, as our listeners may know, right. is, is a devotee, is a shtickle Chabad. Uh, and the notion of sending emissaries, sending shlichim to uh, different parts of the Jewish community that needed strengthening, that needed chizuk, something that Rav Steinsaltz, not on the huge scale, not on the gargantuan <laughs> scale of, of Chabad, of course, but in his own meaningful way. And... Dafka in the Boston area, in the larger Boston area, in, in the north shore of Boston, Marblehead, uh, Salem, uh, there was a shliach, and uh, his name was Rev Cohen, and I met him at a chance event, and he, we started just talking, and before long he was telling me that he had been on the faculty of Makor Chaim, and he was describing this revolutionary approach to Chinuch, where the first revolution is simply being deliberate and thoughtful and reflective about the act of Chinuch, the very enterprise of, of Jewish education. Um, that, I thought, was, was striking. And then when he told me more, I was just riveted that this is a place where the students take an active part in in the leadership of, of the school in a meaningful way, not simply you know, student government at a superficial level, but deeply immersive, deep structures of leadership uh, and organization are are held by the students, and the students and the faculty enjoy an incredibly deep and um, significant relationship both within the base medrash and outside. And the, the notion that tefillah, authenticity, spirituality, words that we invoke often, but... We don't often go beyond one or two lines to really dig deeper into what these central ideals are. And I was hearing this incredible story of, of a school, of a high school that uh, did all these things and that was led by uh, this man, Rav Dov Zinger. So I, I vowed that I'd have to meet this man. <laughs> and on my next trip to Eretz Yisrael, I actually visited the yeshiva and from that visit, the kernel of an idea um, came about that we could, in America, um, have a taste of this type of unique education. Now, hold that thought for a second. First of all, do we know how Rav Steinsaltz and Rav Singer met? Like, was this a, did one find the other? Like, I mean, I assume at some point one brought the other one in, right? Well, if you read the book in the introduction, it oh! explains how... <laughs> how uh, how uh, Rav Dov is a student of three great rabbis who had a different slant on uh, modern Orthodox Judaism. They were Rabbi, Rabbi Steinsaltz, uh, Rabbi Menachem Fruman, and Rav Shagar. Uh, and uh, actually, at one point, there was a yeshiva set up by, by these three rabbis together, and Rav Dov was one of the few students in the beginning. It didn't last that long. Is that but Shefa? He, Yes. Uh, and I they, remember that name. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's that's where he, he hooked up with Now, them. the point you just made, Rabbi Gottlieb, there are many who would argue, and you may have made this argument back then when you were head of school, maybe even today, that a lot of these elements that you just described, we have some of those or some part of some of those in our, what I like to call the Yeshiva League, right? The Yeshiva high schools that we generally, uh, you know, associate with. And, you know, when it comes to tefillah, when it comes to relationship, there are really solid relationships with rabbis that students have and teachers that students have, both men and women, 
uh, high schoolers that have, you know, with their mentors. And a lot of that does exist here. Is, sure, it, is it completely sure. on a different level there? What did you discover there that we were lacking here? Sure. Well, well, the first thing is another structural thing. I find that, like, the deep structures, how things are organized, the 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 culture, um, the environment of, of an organization can tell you a lot about the inner workings of an organization, right. of course. This is, you know, basic. But Makor Chaim is a residential yeshiva. It's right. a dorm yeshiva. So the boys are learning there. They're living there. They're eating there. It's a totally immersive experience. So that already creates the conditions for a kind of an openness, a kind of degree of reflectivity. Um, but the deeper point about the relationships between Rebbeim and Tamidim and, and teachers is that it's not just at the level of, of affection. It's at the level of what the Rambam calls a chaver ledea, a friendship that's based on ideas. Mm-hmm. So the I, I find that the best relationships, the most the most long-lasting, the most durable, the most meaningful relationships, and this could take place in America, this can take place in Israel, this is not exclusive to Mokor Chaim, but the, the nature of those relationships strike deeper than just the warmth and the affection and going to the ball game and, and, and sharing activities, sharing... Um, it's not just Shabbatonim. It's not just Shabbatonim. It is, it goes to the, to the deepest recesses of, of a Talmud or, or Rebbe's psyche in terms of how we see ourselves, what are, what are our core values, what are our essential commitments, how do we go about articulating that, how do we go about creating communities that reflect those values, that shared enterprise of creating a yeshiva of, of deep um, ideas, of, of deep purpose and mission is, I think, very distinctive to the Makor Chaim experience, and partially because it's a dorm experience, partially because in Israel, culture and yadus and political life are all more seamlessly or Intertwined. more integ- right. integrated in right. a more holistic fashion. Right. All right. We got to, uh, we'll do both sides, those students who come here, but let's start with those students from here who go there. It, it happens, uh, and you decided it should be what grade that has representatives yeah. that go to Israel? Tenth grade. Tenth graders. Yes. And parents cooperated with you. Uh, it it became a, a, a fan favorite pretty quickly. And how many did you send each year? Generally 10, but it went up to as many as I think 13. So I assume those numbers continue these days, right, around that? Well, this year we had about 15. Wow. We had about 18 last year. Wow. Uh, so, it's, so, it's so, gotten larger. So this, so this large gathering of students are now taking off how much time from their American uh, institution? Six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. And obviously there's a lot of studies they have to either make this up This is or... a complex operation. I can we... only imagine. And yes. you have a lot of teachers and, and counselors who are helping you with this thing, right? Absolutely. When you're going through this whole thing. I, I just a, a shout out to, to an individual <laughs> that it, it would not be possible without uh, the effort of Tova Rosenberg, hmm. who has been tirelessly devoted to this project and I mean, the nuts and bolts. I mean, as you alluded to, yeah. Nachum, the, the idea of general studies that we have to ensure the students are not losing a And it's 10th grade. It's 10th not, grade. Not to minimize the seniors, right. but it's not 12th grade. You know right. what I'm it's saying? Not 12th grade. It's Dafka, not 12th grade. <laughs> right. Because we want to create this transformative experience early on in the high school you know, years so that it can have an impact back on MTA. Right. It, These it, kids it, can return to MTA and make a real Roshame in the life and the culture. Is that return difficult? Because now... You know, their colleagues, I don't know, could have a sense of jealousy or, I don't know, you know, feel feel different from this group that just had this really unique and essentially once in a lifetime, maybe on paper it's not once in a lifetime, you get what I'm saying, sure. experience? Look, I think, you know, high school boys uh, can certainly, um, you know, have different emotions and experience different things and rivalries and, and, and the like. But generally speaking, overwhelmingly speaking, uh the reception of the students back has been extremely look the kids are happy to see their friends right. and and the boys really bring back something of value that right. you know with with some tweaking with some fine tuning can really impact 
the the larger community. Did you know this right away when the first class came back? Did you see it, it was electric from from day one? Were you did you have some fear when when the course, experiment was of going course, on? Of course, <laughs> that it may not work out. Like if I didn't have some fear, the faculty, my faculty, reminded me that I should have some fear. <laughs> I, like I tell my kids, if I wasn't nervous, I'd be nervous. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and and they come back, and I mean, it sounds like you know and they come back, and everything went well. Again, overwhelmingly. The boys describe this experience as profoundly meaningful. Are they some spe- boys are it's mamish a transformation. Right. Some boys it's you know a wonderful experience, a one off, so to speak. Right. Um, that's according to each kid by the nature of their neshama and, and their capacity for new experiences and and dramatically different cultural engagements. Right, and we'll get to Ephraim in a minute, but um, is it the same schedule? Are they doing what the Makar Chaim 10th basically, graders are doing? Basically, the, the Lumude Kodesh is in, integrated into right. what we're doing in Makar They're hearing a shiur like everyone yeah. else there is hearing Right, yes, and they have they have Haruto uh, to speak English. We have about 25% of our student body, the Israeli student body speaks English. Right. So uh, they're, they're helping them out. And uh, and this we bring, they, they, we bring in it's Tova's work. She's great. She brings in we, we have special teachers who come in to teach them according to the curriculum of right. MTA. So they get back to school, studies. meaning here, and they're basically they could they could sit in class. They could sit in science class, correct, without a problem. I, I just want to add sure. about the tremendous influence this has not only on eleventh and twelfth grade but also on ninth and even eighth grade. How because it's such a competition. To be one of those people who are so lucky to go on this program that kids come to MTA in the first place to, co- to go to this program. And the ninth graders really work hard to excel so because they could be chosen to be the ones to go. So it affects the entire school. Unbelievable. Uh, special guests in our studio, Yassi Baumel is here. Mark Gottlieb is here. Ephraim Engelmeyer will introduce to you in a moment. I do remind you that all of this, as we talk about Makar Chaim and this unique relationship that they have with uh, MTA, and who knows, maybe there'll be more schools that want to uh, <laughs> do this in the future. Uh, I remind you that uh, Ravdov Singer and uh, Yassi Baumel and Duvidal and uh, a great group of uh, student musicians, we're told, are all going to be part of the remainder of this tour uh, as you um, could purchase the book, Repair My Prayer, which is a recent release from Rabbi Singer, as you heard, and it's available at the Koran website and on the Amazon website. Uh, tonight, they're going to be at the main New York City event. It starts at 7 p.m. at Lincoln Square Synagogue. You are all invited. Congregation Renat Yisrael and Teaneck tomorrow night, beginning at 7.30. They're in Cleveland from Thursday through Shabbat. So if you're in the Cleveland area, check that out. And then Sunday, March the 1st, at the Young Israel of Woodmere, this coming Sunday morning, starting at 9.15 in the morning. Now, Ephraim uh, Engelmeyer is here. Shalom, and welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom, Nachum. It's a pleasure being here. And it's a pleasure having you here. Um, so to give me a little family history. You're, you were born in Israel, or your parents made Aliyah after you were born? How did it work? I was born in Queens. Okay. Uh, in the year 97. And when I was half a year old, my parents made Aliyah to Israel. And they moved to what city? Uh, at first, we lived in Ranana for nine years. And then uh, when I was nine years old, we moved to the Golan Heights, where I the remaining of my... Uh, Childhoods with there. And what city in the Golan? Chispin. Oh, you're in Chispin. Wow. Chispin. You're. Yeah. My parents lived there until today, and I uh, recently last year got married, Bo Hashem. Mazal Tov. And, uh, and we live in Kfar Tapuach. Wow. Chispin is like quite a ride from a Chaim, isn't it? <laughs> That's got to be a two hour drive, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't. I actually, I didn't learn in Makor Chaim when I was in high school. Uh, I learned at a school that we so call uh, cousins with Makor Chaim. Got the school it. school I learned is called Hazor Im. And it's in uh, in the north near Tiveria's. And Rosh Yeshiva, his sons learned at Makor Chaim, and he uh, started a yeshiva in the north, which is smaller than Makor Chaim, but with relative ideas in Chinuch and uh, that has to do with Makor Chaim. Interesting. All right, so now before we talk about the, uh, the more recent topic, which was this exchange that goes on, uh, this unique program, uh, American students, New York students, and Makor Chaim students, uh, what about the philosophy and the uh, uh, the structure that we've been discussing? We've been um, uh, uh, speaking about how unique Makar Chaim is when it comes to Torah study, spirituality, uh, the experience one has with their Rebbeim, etc. in this school. What can you tell us about that? Well, um, the philosophy uh, actually has been written down in the beginning of the book. Right. By uh, Elchanan, Rav Elchanan Nir. The mission statement. And uh, <laughs> and actually, for learning the philosophy, I'm now at a at a teacher's course in Makor Chaim, which is called Lifnai Velifnim. 
And over there, Rav Dov and uh, uh, several members that taught or are still in Makar Chaim uh, teach the philosophy behind. And the main uh, idea and the philosophy of uh, teaching in Makar Chaim, besides uh, the Torah teaching and, uh, and everything, is actually chinuch uh, by connecting to your students. Connecting to the students, also something that Rav Dov likes to talk about also in prayer, is uh, bringing in the third member of the party, which is uh, Hashem. Right. So, uh, so when I teach a class, I'm, I'm a teacher this year and also last year, so when I teach a class, I don't only come and give them the, <clears throat> uh, the stuff that they need to learn, but actually I want something to happen in the class between us. It's not only uh, Wikipedia that's, you know, of uh, some some things that they have to know that they could open, every kid could open today on the Internet, but actually rather uh, something happens between me to the students. I connect to them, and through the connection, uh, the Chinuch happens. And therefore also, um, Rav Dov told me, and if it's okay, Rav Dov told me that one of the things that MTA was afraid of when they sent their students was that... uh, that the students will talk, call their rebbies like they call in Israel by their first name, like Rav Dov and not <laughs> Rabbi Singer. <clears throat> How would that go over, Rabbi Gottlieb? <laughs> it depends who, right? Ask some of, of the rebellion. Don't ask the old timers, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> so they were afraid of that uh, that thing, but that's part of the method that we're connecting to our students. Right. We want them to call our first name. We want to be uh, more close to them. Where Today, uh, the rabbis... People understand more or live more at it that they're not uh, perfect. You know, right. we're we're also people. There's a certain uh, thing that Rav Dov likes to joke about in one of the uh, stories of Rav Nachman. There's a uh, in the story somebody comes comes into to to somebody in the story talk about it, and then uh, and then he says, you know. He looks like uh, a person. He's talking to me like a person, but how does he know what I'm thinking? So you know. And he sees, you know, so maybe he's not a person. Maybe he's an angel. And then he says, no, but he's talking to me like a person. So he started to call him a rabbi. Mm -hmm. That's what they thought it was a rabbi. Mm -hmm. But today we know that when a rabbi comes to the class, he brings his whole whole self. Like the student, we want him to bring him his whole self. And it comes with also uh, the fact that we're not perfect. And therefore, I could also have the third party in and say, listen, I don't know what to do. Help me out. And therefore, in the Kor Chaim, they really, every um, rabbi has the names of uh, the mothers of the students also, so that you know you should daven for your students. Not only uh, teach That's them, nice. but you have to daven and say what's going to happen. You know, uh, help me out with this, and that's uh, part of the method. You know that there is a tradition. Uh, that's unlike what Ephraim just described, where people address their rabbeim in the, the third person. In the third person, and this is I went to Karen Biyavde. So you're familiar so with that, absolutely. <laughs> and and many Especially people, you. especially in what many would call the yeshivish world, right. are makbid to do just that. And I think sometimes, and not to get either of us in trouble, Rabbi Gottlieb, but I think sometimes people do forget, as Ephraim just alluded to, if I understood him correctly, that these are. "Quote unquote regular people, you know, meaning our rabbeim, our quote, and I, and I mean that obviously with the grain of salt that you know is expected, uh, and and that they are, you know, as that they are also imperfect, so to speak. They are not perfect, and that and from that alone, there's a tremendous amount we can learn. Absolutely, the the reverence and respect in which the Makor Chaim Talmidim hold Rav Dov, I would put that on a par with any of you know, our stateside or more traditional Haredi-esque right. yeshivas in terms of how Tamidim relate to their Rebbeim. Uh, and it comes from a different root in the sense that what Ephraim was describing is is very critical to the to the educational ph- philosophy of Makor Chaim. One of the most distinctive practices that is uh, that governs the, the life and the culture of Makor Chaim is, is known as the Blitz, without cynicism. And it's essentially a circle of discussion, a circle of reflection, a circle of confession, where the Tamidim and the Rebbeim are engaged in, in this honest, searing, open discussion of who they are and what they're, what's troubling them and, 
and that, what that must shock did. some of the American students. It, it, it has did. To. It did shock them into silence. I can only <laughs> imagine they're sitting there. You know, they got used to it. it. It's something that it like any good educational practice or any practice more broadly, it requires habituation and and right. you know repetition and development. So it's not gonna you're not gonna get it in one in one shot necessarily, right. but to acclimate yourself to that type of openness and to that type of transparency, um, it reaps tremendous benefits psychologically, educationally, um, and ultimately as a way towards Yerushalayim. Who do you teach? Is it younger kids? Is it high school kids? Who are you um, teaching? I teach uh, younger kids I, uh, today. What we would I, call elementary school? Yeah, elementary school. I teach elementary school. I teach them uh, Mishnayis and Tanakh. In the afternoons, is it possible to to get them to be you know more spiritually open even at a young age? I would think high schoolers. You know, I get it when you know high schoolers are at a stage in life where you know where, where this really you know fits with the way they they continue to grow. But even in that age, you could see a difference. Yeah. So I'll back up and I'll tell you that uh, part of the reason I decided that I want to go into chinuch and be a teacher was because I had a great teacher. Uh, when I was in fifth grade, wow. which had a great impact on my life. That's always a good thing. And uh, and I and what school that, was that in? It was in the Talmud Torah in the Golan in Chispin. Wow! I was the first class that started there, and my teacher was with us for four years, since fifth grade to eighth grade. And pretty much uh, in sixth grade, I knew my life wasn't going to be my life like before. Um, and the main thing he did with us wasn't now talking spiritually, but with kids, they actually understand very deep things in a very simple way. It's us, the adults, that, you know, have to use all the, <laughs> all the stuff that are, you know, from here and from there in the Makoros. But the kids have a very simple uh, uh, way of, of, of understanding things, you know. We, uh, just, just this past week when I was with Rav Dov in, uh, in Boca, Somebody came over to him and said a very nice thing that Rav Dov liked too, that when we learn from Yaakov Avinu davening, right, he said, Katonti, right. Mikola Chasadim, Mikola Emet. Right. So this, uh, this young guy said that Katonti is a Chanalit Fila. Why is Katonti a Chanalit Fila? So we understand it. I have to understand that Hashem did so, good, so much good with me, and from there I start davening to Hashem. But mm-hmm. he said he could also understand it as Katonti that become a kid again. A kid knows how to say thank you. A kid knows that somebody's helping him, even though we, the adults, say he's maybe not get, saying get it the right. Get back to basics. Yeah, back to basics. But he knows that there's somebody who's taking care of him. It's so built in in us. And then, you know, we have to get back to it. So right. with the little kids, maybe I don't talk to them like with older people. Right. The schmooze they, is different. Yeah, the schmooze <laughs> is different, but they, they really understand. They really understand uh, things. I'll go through the information again in a moment, but but first, wh- where's everyone now? Are the 10th graders from MTA now in Israel? Or no, they, no, no, no. Our back? boys are here, and they're playing tonight uh, along with everybody else. Oh, our, the, in the band. Yeah, yeah. And the MTA kids, what month do they go? They go usually in November. 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 Oh, so they're in the early part of the school year. Yeah. And now this is the time of year when the Israeli students are here. And if I would walk into MTA on a day this week, I would see them. I mean, they'd be in regular classes. And again, I assume doing the same thing, having someone on their end making sure that their secular studies go as well. Because I would assume, knowing Makar Chaim, that they take their secular studies very seriously. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Yeah. I would, yeah. Oh, you could tell us. I mean, they, they, they take their secular studies as, as seriously yeah. as they take the Judaic they studies, do. right? They do, yeah. Um, also, we mentioned about the three boys, and we got to know, obviously, to a slight degree, the world got to know their families. It's obvious that they were very high-quality boys. I mean, and, and we see the type of high-quality parents they have. Uh, and, and people should not think that it's a coincidence. Obviously, the yeshiva is attracting a, a certain type of boy and family. And, and Yossi, you've had this experience now because you're working with so many of the families as the yeshiva continues to grow and buildings are being built. Uh, I mean, you're meeting some really high, some of the best in in, in the Jewish world. It's very interesting because there are a lot of people who, the parents who don't buy into exactly the way we do things. For example, we let the kids, if they want to grow their hair long, they'll grow their hair long. If they want to wear a black hat, they wear a black hat. We don't go into the ex- externals. And a lot of the parents who send their kids to us don't buy into everything that we have, what the basis of our philosophy, our educational philosophy. Right. But they send their kids because they see the results. And, uh, that speaks I, for itself. Yeah, huh? Absolutely. I just wanted to point out sure. that we were talking before about uh, about the, the third partner and right. how we relate to rabbis in third in, in, in third, third person. Uh, Rav Dov loves to point out that when you pray, when you stand in Amidah, the most common word you use to refer to God is Atah, you. 
the second in, in, in the first God. person, right, to God. So, you know, we need to build an intimate relationship with God. So we need to build like an intimate relationship with our teachers as well. Well said. Ravdov Singer is out with a brand new book. We're calling it brand new because now it's available in English. It's called Prepare My Prayer Recipes to Awaken the Soul. It's a Magid book release, which means our friends at Koren have it. And obviously Amazon and other booksellers have it as well. Ravdov Singer is the featured speaker during this entire tour uh, in the United States, including uh, the main New York City event tonight at Lincoln Square Synagogue, starting at 7 p.m., Congregation Renat Yisrael, tomorrow night in Teaneck, starting at 7.30. Uh, we mentioned that for Shabbat, he's in Cleveland with the Fuchs Mizrahi School at the Community Shabbaton. And Sunday, March 1st, is coming Sunday morning at 9.15, your opportunity to meet him, buy a book, and to hear him speak at the Young Israel of Woodmere. That starts at 915 this coming Sunday morning. Information about all of this, 917-929-8525. That's 917-929-8525 and makorchayim.org, M-A-K-O-R, chayim.org. Rabbi Gottlieb, are you still involved on a day-to-day basis with this? Or is this, are you here as the I'm, founder or are you here as uh, well, somebody? I'm, I'm in a new role in Makor Chaim. Oh. I, I'm involved in the American Friends of Makor Chaim, which is a 501c3 that was set up uh, a number of years ago to assist in this very significant As it continues to expand. As, exactly. And, you know, I've had the privilege of seeing the new campus on Derecha Avot, uh, right how outside in the Vedanil. How different is it from when I saw it? It's got to be much different at this point, right? I would assume. Uh, I think there's uh, one and a half buildings more well, than what you saw. So it is quite... Kima Kima is the Geula, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the progress has been quite significant, let's put it that way. Well, not as quickly as we wanted to because right. uh, we had a little argument with the education ministry about the, the contractor for the for the high school building. Right, but Jesse Bauma would tell us that's typical in Israel, right? No, no, no. 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 Uh, what's, what's Isn't not, there always government what, involvement What's not in typical is that Mekorchaim stood uh, reared on its back uh, hind legs and, made sure, and refused to accept uh, a bad contractor because the high school building... The, the education ministry pays for most of it, right. and they have a say in who we choose, and we refuse to accept their church. And that's and for half a year, we were just held up because of that. But about two weeks ago, they started working and uh, working. They're going at full force. If you go to our Facebook page, Makor uh, Chaim Campus, uh, you'll see you could get da- almost daily reports on how we're progressing over there. I would assume there are people, uh, based on this conversation, now knowing the geography, because you know when you're close to Shalim, you can get a lot of visitors. Would like to actually see the campus, and I assume if they're in touch with you. They can come Absolutely. visit and see the whole thing. Have, it's have literally it. how far from the Daniel? A minute? It's yeah, it's below the valley in the valley right. below the Daniel. And there they could see exactly what's going on in terms of the progress. Uh and, and uh, I, I want to highly recommend to people to contact us to come come visit. We have a lot of tour groups that come to us. Some of them are not even Jewish and they see how our kids pray, they, how how our kids learn and they we had a group from Singapore recently. We had uh, evangelicals come. And we have groups from various shuls throughout the world who come. They sit and learn with us in the Beit Midrash for a while, and then they have a little talk with Rav Dov. It's a really very special tourist experience, and we've been getting more and more people coming with tour operators coming to the yeshiva, and, of course, a tour of, uh, of Derech Avot with its uh, ancient mikvahs and ancient Roman milestones is, is, is included. It's really a very special experience. So if people from Singapore buy the book, you're not going to be surprised? Honestly, in many ways, the book... The book uh, can appeal to any human being because Rav Dov says that the human being is, is not a homo sapien. He's a homo mispalulus, that, that there's a basic instinct to pray that's implanted in every human being and according to Rabbi Nachman in every blade of grass even. And I, I, we, what we have to do is take away the things that prevent us from connecting up uh, to God. Was very, we had a very interesting conversation yesterday uh, with one of the teachers in, in the local school in Boca um, he was trying to dis- ask, how, do, how can I prove each prayer? And Radov said, let me ask you a question. If I can improve your relationship with your wife, if you could come home to your wife, and instead of re- walking in on your telephone and saying, okay, where are the kids? And uh, if you could would instead would stop for a moment in the car when you park, turn off the engine, think for a minute about how, you, how much you really, really respect and love your wife, well, that she does for you and for your family, and then walk it, take the breath, and then walk into the house. You'll act completely different. I could work with you. I work with couples as well. I would like to make your relationship with your wife deeper and 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 more significant. Are you interested? And the guy started to stutter. He didn't. He wasn't like, sure. He wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. And he said, "This is what same relationship with God. Mm-hmm. We have to take a breath. We have to take a step back, 
And it's the same, the, the idea of communication is at the basis of everything over here. We have, we have planned a, a, a organization that teaches people to communicate, nothing to do with religion altogether. And we know that the Lubavitchers and, and Arizal and others say that before you start praying, you're supposed to say, I accept upon myself the mitzvah of loving my neighbor as myself, which is the way Rav Dov opened up the, the funeral of the three boys. Wow. The connection to God starts with being able to connect up to your fellow human being, and there's a lot of that in the book. And I think that every human being, every single human being of any religion could really benefit from the book, even though there were a lot of... Jewish sources in the book, but really what, what's done there is something that super, supersedes just the Jewish people. The uh, book is called uh, Prepare My Prayer, Recipes to Awaken the Soul. Uh, whether you go to the events this week or not, make sure to buy the book. All right, Rabbi Gottlieb, you, know I, you knew I would get to this question eventually because you know me uh, relatively well. Do you think that the experience that these 10th graders from the United States are having uh, eventually, in many cases, leads to a greater love of Israel and the eventuality that they will more likely uh, be in Israel in their adult life compared to others their age? That's a great question. Look, the chaos of influences in in teenage years are (laughs) profound. Great way of putting it, yeah. (laughs) Um, Having said that, and and so that just means we have to be humble when we make these sorts of claims or projections or predictions. But, I mean, there's no question in my mind that the atmosphere— and the culture, it's not just the, the warmth, but the values that are instilled in the Makor Chaim community of, of a kind of independence that's still conscious of community, a kind of reflection on what and who one is, uh, a sense of um, the value of language and, and mm-hmm. the value of deliberation and preparation these are all qualities which promote leadership. I mean, we talk about leadership incessantly in the United States and, you know, around the world in the West, you know, leadership is such a mantra, but we really don't know what it means. And when you see the Makor Chaim Tamidim in action, when you go to the yeshiva, when you see them come visit MTA, when you see how they take the opportunity to, to really introduce a new program, a new tochnit, a new zemer, you see that it's a cauldron or, or a, a breeding ground for leadership. I'm convinced that in 20 to 30 years, the highest echelons of Israeli government, military, commerce, chinuch, will be populated by Bogrim of Makor Chaim. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And I think our Talmidim, the MTA boys that experience this firsthand, cannot but be affected by the environment. I wish it were more, and I right. wish it were, you know, an even more immersive experience, but that taste of six to eight weeks in Israel and then having the boys from Mekorheim come and reinforce those values, I've, I mean, students have told me today, years later, 10 years, you know, plus after the program, what it's done for them. They've gone into Chinuch, they've, they've made Aliyah, they've seen, you know, their place in the community in a more clear um, compelling fashion, I, I think it, it's it's a fast you know a fantastic way to underscore and and give a a concentrated dose of all the things that we we claim to value in in the modern Orthodox Dati community. And on the list of values you mentioned, we could add the value of nationhood because oh, I absolutely. think I think that also adds to one's projection of what type of leader they can be when they understand sure what the nation is what right. their role in the nation what they and owe where the, the nation. epicenter of the nation yes, is absolutely no it there, there's there's no question about it so you know to the extent that yeshivas can embrace some of the values naturally understanding that it has to be grafted on to the organic culture of, of each and every yeshiva that that you know wants to have this relationship mta will look different than fuchs mizrahi look different than, you know, another yeshiva that might uh, adopt such a, a partnership program. And that's fine. That's that's healthy and good. But there's no question that the, the core values that Makor Chaim represents and instills um, has a deep and lasting impact on, on the boys and the, and the community and the and the school. Ephraim, you're not here to recruit ninth graders, are you? That I assume that that the ninth graders are, you could sell out the program in a second, right? There's no, no need to recruit people to go next year, correct? Actually, uh, we were hoping that Rav Dov would be joined by his wife for this trip because he needs a chavrusa for life. 
And instead, uh, Ephraim volunteered to pay his ticket just to spend the time with Rav Dov as a student at our, our teacher training program. And it's somebody who wants to learn more. So he's just been he's been learning Dafayomi with him every day. And uh, So he doesn't have to go to MTA and make a presentation. No, 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 no. He came here for himself. He came here for himself. Selfish purposes. You know what? When I came to work in... And I, I, I've, I've told people that my davening and a lot of things have changed as I come to Makor Chaim. And one of the people who work there said, people don't know. They, when they come to work from Makor Chaim, they think that Makor Chaim, they come to work so that Makor Chaim benefits, but they come so that they themselves benefit. It really has changed my life as well also. What is the procedure? It's now February. Do we know what ninth graders are going to be going in November? Or it doesn't work that quickly or what? Well, you, we, we, don't, we wouldn't know which ninth graders are going 10th graders. Well, um, next year's 10th graders. Yeah, next year's 10th graders. No, we wouldn't know that that yet. I think that takes place in the beginning. Oh, of it used point. to take place in the beginning of the of the academic year or the end, the of very the end of, of this, you know, right. of the ninth grade year. Right. So it, I think it's too early. Um, but the kids are seeing, the ninth graders are now seeing the Mekorchaim visitors and seeing what they're able to, to add to the community. And they're seeing their you know, 10th grade, sometimes peers and people that they know. And so they're getting a little bit of a feel for it. How much longer are they here? It lasts another, what, couple of weeks? How much longer are they here? I mean, they're not here till Pesach, I'm sure. No, no, no. They're back for Purim. Oh, they're back in Yeshiva Purim. So that's it. And these are the last couple of weeks of it. That's right. Uh, Don't miss the Sarachek tournament. (laughs) I mean, let's talk about the important important stuff from my Gottlieb. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Nachum, I have to tell you that while I'm sitting here, I'm getting messages (laughs) I'm getting messages from Cleveland, from oh, Florida, how funny. they're listening to the program. That's great. And, and I just wanted to explain that we, we're doing – we're very limited in our resources, especially since there's no government and we they cut right. our – There's our, no right. government. I like that. <laughs> Will there be one Monday or you don't know? <laughs> Let's not talk about politics. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. We, we should know that our approach to politics – well, it's not an approach to politics, but politics is so divisive in the United States and in Israel right. that – what we try to do is to bring people together, yeah, not to separate just the people. Opposite, right? But I just wanted to point out that we're do, with our limited resources, we're doing different types of experiments with schools here in the United States. So with MTA, like, well, we with know MTA, MTA right? it's with the students. Right. In Fuchs, Mizrahi, in Cleveland, it's with the staff. We've basically taken the entire Judaic studies staff, turned them into a chabura. They came to us for intensive training in, in Israel. Uh, Rav Dov was there uh, twice, will be back there a third time now. And uh, his son, uh, Yishai Zinger, who runs the our, our, our teacher's training program, Lafnai Vilifnim, uh, has been there as well. They do Skype uh, every week. and it, It's just an unbelievable thing. And we're having this conference with educators are coming from across the country to uh, to Fuchs Mizrahi to take part in in in, in the conference there. Uh, this, by the way, I know you, I thank you for pushing all our events, but that event is not really open to the public. Uh-huh. It's sort of like Got in it. the school and in, in a hotel Shabbaton. Got it. Uh, but uh, oh, it's it, more we, like an educators' we, conference, right? But we put it on the program just right. so people should understand the kind of work that we're doing uh, throughout the world. And that's not just for Tefillah. That's a ge- generally how to educate. It, it's mainly focused on, on on training teachers to be emotionally intelligent and sensitive, no matter what they're teaching. And, and yes, yes. Yes, we've we've had uh, secular. Right. I'll tell you, for example, this week, a uh, teacher at at the uh, Sim School of Business at YU uh, came into class and told his class, "All of you must buy the book; it'll change your life." From a business standpoint, yes, yes. So, do either of you I, I, do I, I, either I, I, do either of you want to expound on that? For no, a basically, Mark spoke about it. Right? He spoke about leadership qualities, and, and that's and, and that's in the book. Yeah. You'll you'll pick those up. It'll enhance one's leadership capabilities. Let's absolutely. put it that way. A leader, the first thing a leader needs to do is to understand him or herself. And that's... That's we hear Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? And, that's, Rabbeinu. And, that's, and that's what Rav Dov's mission, and that's what Makor Chaim creates the conditions for that, the possibility to know oneself. Uh, everybody out there, you have an opportunity to still take advantage to hear Rav Dov Singer speak, to be part of this program with Yossi Baumel and uh, Duvidel. And uh, according to Yossi, at, at the minimum... Six quality musicians from Israel, at the minimum. Five from Israel and <laughs> Oh, Five from Israel and then Dovidal. Uh, and uh, Ephraim's going to be part of that group tonight. Did you know that? Did you know as a little kid that you'd be required to uh, both speak English and uh, and become a musician? Because that must have put a lot of pressure on you, both English lessons and and, and guitar well, lessons. English, English. I grew up on English. Right, I spoke true. English at home. So, right. and musician, uh, we're musical in the family, like. From my mother's side, very much like my grandmother plays 
from just hearing she never took a lesson in her life and you play any song to her and she'll know how to play I have seen piano. her play piano. Yeah. I've seen your grandmother yeah, yeah. play piano. So she plays uh, that and also my sisters play piano and I picked up a uh, guitar. Are there a lot of English speakers in Hispin? Um today much more than it was in the past. What? Much, All the much way up more. there. They're practically assume, in Syria. <laughs> I assume today I assume today there's something like probably 20, 30 families that speak English in Hispin at least. I think there're probably more. Like uh, Hispin is growing and I haven't been there for several years living there right. just uh coming now and then. But uh, yeah, I, I just want to point out on JM and the AM Jewish music in the morning that uh, if you think of that, here we have the grandson of Rabbi Herschel Schachter, whose wife is uh, plays music, Rabbi and 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 uh, and, uh, and, 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 this, and and as the generations go on, there's something happening with music that right. has to do with with t- getting in touch with God. You know, That's when true. we set, when we pray, we say that God is the 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 ribbon, uh, 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 the master of all all song. Mm-hmm. We we say. And uh, and I, I, for example, you, me, and myself. If I would have told my parents I wanted to be a musician, they would have thrown me out of the house. I have two professional musicians uh, among my children. That's so. right, two sons, correct? No, a son and a daughter. Son and a daughter who are yeah. professional musicians in Israel. Yeah, that's why you snuck in this whole thing about the music to make sure to give them a plug. No, they're doing well on their own. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding around. <laughs> I remember when they started. Boy. It's amazing, their careers. Uh, anyway, so you have an opportunity to hear of Dove Singer, and the brand-new book uh, will be for sale, Prepare My Prayer, Recipes to Awaken the Soul. And when you're in Israel, you make sure to visit Makar Chaim. It is on the way to everything, basically, right? You're, no matter where you're going, if you're in this audience, you're likely going to pass the yeshiva. For, for old times' sake, if you want to come to the yeshiva, I'll take you to Kever Rachel and to Hebron there as well you go. also. Yes, he's giving the all-inclusive tour. Take advantage, folks. Trust me, it's well worth it, to say the least. Tonight... Uh, they're going to be at the uh, main event at Lincoln Square Synagogue beginning at 7. Tomorrow night at Congregation Renat Yisrael and Teaneck starting at 7.30. Sunday at the Young Israel of Woodmere at 9.15. Will you teach a new nigun tonight, or is it going to be standard kumzits, or we'll see how things go? We'll see how things go. Rav Dov always likes to say, I don't know the people yet. I don't know what I'm going to say. We have to no. see what's going on. I, can I tell you something? I arrived there last night with five sets of sources for five different speeches and he made up a, a sixth one on the spot in order to do it last night. And the same thing with the Yarche Kala. had uh, different things that he had prepared in advance, and he took out a piece of paper and wrote down what he wants to say on the spot. He likes to feel the people before what he What can you learn speak. in 10 minutes with the people? Ah, uh, you have to come to one of our events to understand that. But you, when you can connect up with people and you feel them, then you can even connect for a up few to minutes. divine uh, influence and Ruach HaKodesh even, you know. That's how, that's how he works, you know. Interesting. Okay. If you want to see that up close and personal, go tonight to Lincoln Square Synagogue. Information, makarchayim.org, 917-929-8525. My thanks to uh, Ephraim Engelmeyer, to Daraba, and uh, our best to everybody in, where would you say you were? In, in, uh, in Kfar Tapuach. Kfar Tapuach. In Kfar Tapuach. Um, wow. Kfar Tapuach is probably growing also these days, huh? Yeah. Everything is it's growing. all Thank growing. You. Yeah, Thank God it's growing. Baruch Hashem. Uh, and Rabbi Mark Gottlieb, always a delight. Thank you. Our best to everybody at the Tikva Fund. Of course. Our best to everybody at Makar Chaim USA. And Yashikach for all you've done, and it's great having you here. And Yassi Baumel, thank you for bringing, you know, last week we spoke. We didn't realize you'd be bringing us such uh, interesting guests, but they've proven to be uh, quite interesting. And hopefully a lot of people uh, have their interest peaked in actually coming to these events and enjoying Rav Dov Singer, Bezrat Hashem. I just wanted to add that I, I really want to reach out to the American public to be our partners in our spiritual work and to learn from us, to come visit us, and to also be partners in the building of the new campus uh, on Derech Avot. Yeah, and when they see it, they'll 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 be attracted to to be part of it. That's why I say, everybody, if you have an opportunity, make sure to visit. Call 917-929-8525. A lot of people will be in Israel in the next couple of months, especially with Pesach, etc. cetera. Uh, if you want Yossi to set aside some time, he will do it. Just be in touch with him. And they'll get it done. Uh, a special Rosh Chodesh Adar thank you to all of our special guests on this Tuesday morning at JM in the AM. That takes care of this edition of JM Rewind uh, with our friends from Makar Chaim. Thank you so much for tuning in. More coming up if you keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.